that's what is being said. Uh, invite people to church, especially on our anniversary. Talk to them. They'll come to church. Talk to your friends. Amen? Amen. I got one hour to preach. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to talk to you this morning about the miracle of turning water into wine. I'll probably go into the introduction and then go back next week and uh, finish this up. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Speak to us through your word. Open our eyes so we can see. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. The miracle of turning water into wine. I just want to talk to you from the story that's recorded in John chapter 2, beginning from verse 1 through 11, and I'm going to read that. It says, On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of the purification of the Jews, containing twenty or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed. In him. You have kept the good wine until now. Now, Jesus had just left uh, Jerusalem and went back to Galilee. And after three days, there, there was this wedding feast. And his mother was in that part of that. And they invited Jesus. At this time, Jesus had at, at least five disciples, not all of them but at least five of them. And Jesus brought them home from Jerusalem, Peter, John, uh, possibly James, Philip, Nathaniel. They were all with him. And they invited Jesus along with his disciples to celebrate with them. Now, what I want to let you know about life is this. If you are having a party in life, you want to invite Jesus. He will come if you invite him. Invite Jesus to be a part of your feast. This was a feast. 
a wedding feast. Jesus went to the wedding feast because he was invited. He was there in the very first wedding between Adam and Eve. And just to go ahead of myself, Jesus' first miracle took place in a wedding feast where they were celebrating. But what I want to let you know in this is this. Invite Jesus to your party. Invite Jesus to your wedding. He won't refuse. He will be there. Invite Jesus into your home, into your marriage. He won't refuse. He will be there. Invite him to be a part of your finances. He will be there. You need to invite him into your life. It's not safe not to invite Jesus to be a part of your party. You might be in want before long. And you may suffer disgrace and shame. If you don't invite him into your life. To be a part of your life. A part of your family. A part of your marriage. A part of your finances. A part of your job. A part of your plans. He has to be there. Because as humans, regardless of how hard you try. How hard you work to put things together. Before you know you will begin to be in want. And everything that you have in your power will not be sufficient to take care of your trouble. And then you are at the brink of suffering, disgrace, and shame, just like it happened with this family. But in their case, they had invited Jesus into their, to be a part of their celebration. It's not safe, I say again, not to have Jesus to be a part of your celebration. Life should be a celebration. Life in Christ should be a celebration. And you never want to leave him out. If you are planning a party, or whatever it is that you are planning, and you think to yourself, I know Jesus, I like to invite him, but he's not going to be comfortable with this our plan. Resist the temptation and don't go for the party. Don't do it. If you cannot invite Jesus to be a part of it, you don't need to go. If you can't invite Jesus to take part in what you're doing, Resist the temptation of going along. Because if you go on your own, you'll celebrate for a while, (laughs) but before long, you are going to be in want. And your strength will not be able to deliver you from disgrace or shame, as it was in the case of this family. But thank God, they knew to to invite Jesus to be a part of their celebration. Today, if you're sitting here and you've been living your life without Christ, you have been doing it on your own. There is a God. God is. Maybe you're going through a difficult time in your life, 
Maybe in your marriage, maybe with your kids, whatever it is. Maybe your finances. And you've come to the end of your rope. You don't know what to do. Why don't you invite Jesus in? You are in need of a miracle. He will give a miracle. Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you invite Jesus, he'll come. And he's not going to leave part of himself off. He comes in as God to take care of his situation. You need a miracle, he'll be there for you. But you need to invite him. You need to invite him. You can have wants in the midst of a feast. Amen? You're having a feast and all of a sudden, there is one just as it happened with this family. Sometimes people forget God when things are going well. They say, God is blessing me so much, I don't even have time to go to church anymore. Satan's got you. (laughs) He's got you. Before long, you will be suffering want. Happened with the prodigal son. You remember that story? You go from here, and before long, you'll be eating with pigs. And you need to go back home. We need to invite him into our feast. Mary went to Jesus and said to Jesus, so simple, the mother, you don't have wine. (laughs) She was stating the fact. Jesus was already there. Did he know that they were running out of wine? I'm sure he knew. But he did nothing. You have to ask. Amen? You have to inform him. And Mary went to Jesus and said, they don't have wine. They have no wine. In other words, <laughs> we need you to do something about this. And Jesus said, what have I to do with your concern? Mary's concern. My hour has not yet come. I think it's very important as believers, every one of us, Jesus, Mary was actually taking a concern. She was not the host of the party, right? <laughs> but she was concerned because of what, was, what could happen to this family. They don't everything. I'm sure they were sure they prepared for this thing. We have enough wine to, to take care of all of our guests, they thought. We prepared. They spent a lot of time putting everything together. It still wasn't enough. That could happen to you. But thank God Mary was there. And Mary felt it. And decided, I'm going to talk to my son about this. And Jesus said, what have I to do with your concern? We need to be concerned about what our brother and our sister is going through. And pray for them. So that they can have a miracle. And if we do, guess what? He answered. Jesus knew that Mary are taking on their concern. Mary's mind, I don't want them to suffer shame. I don't want this wedding to go on. You know how people are in a small village before long. Did you know what happened? We went to that uh, wedding feast and they ran out of wine. Oh, they ran out of wine? They didn't prepare properly? Didn't they know the number of people? And then there's talk all over. They're suffering shame. As they walk by, people are saying, 
they got married in their wedding. They didn't have enough wine. You know? <laughs> That's how you suffered shame in this way. And Mary knew that. And she took the pain and said, yeah, we got, we got to do something. And knew, I believe she knew it wasn't time yet. You know, Jesus said, my hour has not come. You know why? Because miracles must only follow the preaching of the gospel. Amen. A lot of people want to see signs, but you're not willing to go door to door. You're not going to see nothing. You're wasting your time. Miracles only follow the preaching of the gospel. Jesus had already been baptized, remember? He was baptized. He met John and, and Andrew. And then Peter came along. But he wasn't preaching yet. You get it? You don't go out and share with people you want God to use you. He's not going to use you. It follows the gospel, the preaching of the gospel. Jesus returned, and it was three days later before this feast. But Jesus thought, I got to go before we go on preaching. He honored marriage. Amen? Very, very important. Honor your marriage. Amen? Honor. That, make it number one. Make it number one. When it has anything to do husband, with a husband and wife, God's always there. If there is an agreement between a mother, and please allow me, I just want to share with you from this passage, amen, what God is showing me. If there is real unity between a husband and a wife in a home, God's there. And the blessings flow. He's there. When both invite him, he shows up in a big way. To do miracles and deliver your family from shame. But when there is discord, all kinds of crazy things come in there. But Mary was moved by this. And I'm not going to allow this to happen. And so she went to Jesus. You got to do something. And Jesus said, my hour has not come. There is a secret there. This was the son of the living God, right? And yet he knew. That there is always the time and there is always the season. And it wasn't yet the time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under the sun. Under heaven. There's a time. There is a time. There is a season. Even the Son of God was given his own time. And so there is a time for everything. Every purpose. A time for every purpose under heaven. So no matter what's happening in your life, if you are serving God and following God, he has a time and whatever is happening, there is a purpose. There is a season. Don't fret, Jesus said, don't take any thought. All things work together for good. It may be bad now. God is cooking something behind the scenes. You don't need to worry. That's when you trust him and you believe in him and tell him, God, I don't know what's going on, but I trust that there is a purpose, there is a time, and shortly, it won't be too long, my time of deliverance will be here. My hour will be here. And I got nothing to worry. Take no thought. 
Don't worry about anything. If God is in your life, He's walking with you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. And after that, He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. When the Lord is your shepherd, you cannot know want. It's impossible. It may appear like want is coming your way, but don't pay attention. Because the word says he's going to take care of you. There is a time, there is an hour. In John chapter 7, verse 30, he says it there that they sought to take him. But they could not because his hour. No one laid their hand, their hand on him because his hour had not come. Notice, the first time, the hour we talked about was dealing with the beginning of the signs of Jesus Christ, miracles. Now we are talking about another hour, but it's not the hour for miracles. It's the hour for his death. For everything, there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. That's what the word says. And the children of God must understand this principle. Otherwise, uh, you will you'll be going to and fro, double-minded. And the Bible says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that flaky individual think he'll ever get anything from God. He's double-minded. He's sometimes hot, sometimes cold. Sometimes, Pastor, I don't know why I'm having all this. Be quiet. Sit still. Let God walk his way through your life. Amen? That's the truth. We read the scriptures to find truth for our lives. Amen. So there is a time. There is a time. There is an hour. And Jesus recognized that even the Son of God had his time. Jesus said, the hour has come. The time. Right after Judas betrayed him. He knew the time had come. And at that time they could take him. Because the hour had come. So for the Son of God, it's a time. As a child of God, it's a time. You don't need to worry. Rest. Amen? That's why Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants you to enter into his rest. Find peace in him. No matter what's going on in your life. When you trust him, he will never fail you. He will never permit you to suffer shame. Those who speak against you in your times of trial, they will sing your praise when God's through with you. They will. They'll join and laugh with you, just like they did with Sarah. Amen? Because the time will come, the day of your showers of blessings will come, and God will pour it into, upon your life. Amen? And for time, I'm going to end here today. <laughs> Because of what principle Mary gave to us after Jesus said that. Mary turned immediately to the servant. Amen? Who are you? You are a servant of God. Mary gave us a formula for success in life. For everyone. She said to, she didn't turn to Jesus, she turned to the servant. And said to them, whatever he tells you to do, what should you do? Do it. That's the formula. You need a miracle? 
Whatever he says for you to do, just do it. Don't complicate it. Don't go find the what, I, what was, if is really means is or is really was. Just do what he says. Keep it simple. You need a miracle in your life? Do what the word says. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh, and is dwelling among us, and we are beholding his glory, as the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Do the word. Jesus is the word. Whatever the word tells you to do, do it, and you have a miracle. Don't, keep, don't call Brother John. He's not going to be able to help you. Do what the word says. This is the formula for success. Many times Christians have difficulties in their, in, in their lives and they are looking everywhere except the word of God. Find direction from the word. Find out what to do from the word. If you are sick in the body, don't keep calling Find out what the Word says about your case. And then find out what Jesus said to do and do it. If you really do it, in your, you do your research at home and you go to church and do what God tells you to do, God will heal you and bring you deliverance. I read of a story from Kenneth Hagin. There was this young, this man, he was really sick. And in those days, Kenneth was praying for a lot of people, and people were getting healed. And he was in the midst of them, and every time he went up for healing, nothing happened. Every other person got their healing, and, and the lame walked, and the blind and the deaf, everybody was happy, except for the guy. And he was thinking to himself, what's wrong with me? What's the problem? But he never quit. He kept going and listening to the man of God, and listening to the man of God, listening to the word. And then he found out what the word says. That if you're sick, <laughs> call for the elders, okay? And, 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 and then let them lay their hands and, and anoint you. And so he went to the preacher. He said, I know when you called people out for prayer this morning, did you notice I didn't come because he was a fixture already. They knew his situation. You, you, you notice I didn't come? He said, yeah. He says, well, I'm telling you, I'm coming. I got it now. <laughs> I got it from the word. I'm coming in the evening. And I'm telling you, preacher, I'm going to be healed. I'm telling you that. And he walked away. After the service in the evening, he walked up to the preacher. He says, now it's my turn. Put it here. Lay your hands on me. And guess what happened? He got healed. He did what the word says. You study what the word says. Believe what the word says. And then act on the word. If it's, it has to involve somebody, involve who you believe God is talking about. And act on the word. And you'll receive your blessing. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And you get your miracle. Go around it, you get nothing. <laughs> you'll keep going round and round in the wilderness. You will never enter into your promised land. But that's not your portion today in Jesus' name. God is giving you such wisdom and revelation in him. In the name of Jesus, I'm speaking prophetically. God has given that to you 
in the name of Jesus. So you know what he's asking you to do. And he also has given you the ability and the power to do according to his will. And to be obedient to him. That's what he's going to do for you today. Stand up with me. And I'm going to continue this next week. Because I have a lot that I want to share with you from this passage. Amen. (laughs) And I pray that God will open your eyes and see that he is so close to you. Amen. You have no reason to be afraid of anything. Is God dead? Well, you ain't dead either. (laughs) He's going to take care of you. Amen. Say that God's going to take care of me. He's going to meet all of my needs. The Lord is my shepherd. Now you declare it. I shall not want. That's you. Say it. That's me. That's me. It will never happen. As long as God is. As long as you've invited him into your life. You have that confidence in him. And if you do, it pleases him. It's when you doubt him. That he displeases him. And as you please him by that trust, he will make a way for you in the wilderness. Amen? He will split the sea so that you can walk on dry ground. All he says is believe. Only believe, Jesus said. All things are possible to what? To those who believe. And you are a believer this morning. Amen? Say it to yourself. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. My troubles are behind me. Jesus is right with me. I'm doing really well. Thank you, Lord. That's your portion forever in Jesus' name. You're dismissed.